In order to retire comfortably at age 60, what should you be doing with your finances when you're in your 20s? A framework for getting started planning for retirement. That's today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 419. Plus, if you're a small business with a simple IRA plan, is it stupid to save for retirement in a brokerage account rather than a traditional IRA? If you inherit money and promise to donate to charity, should you do Roth conversions? What is the most efficient way to pay financial advisor fees? And what's a good strategy for making pre-tax and post-tax retirement contributions? Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send in your money questions or to get a retirement spitball analysis. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Would you guys devote an episode or two to get started in retirement? In other words, what advice or basic plan framework would you give folks just starting out? Advice I would give my 26-year-old college grad kid is something like this. Contribute to your 401k, get your employer match. Contribute to a Roth annual match. Both invest in low-fee mutual funds. Save 15% for retirement. Spend only 25% on housing, stuff like this. Okay. You already did it. Done. There you go. So this is an email to Andy. This is probably not an email we should read. We should probably come up with a show to talk about the things that he wants Well, here, here, versus me just reading it cold and saying, oh. Here's what I'm going to say. I, I actually like the concept, Mr. Anonymous. But don't we have, I did a, I did a, um, what did I do, Andy? I did something. <laughs> You'd have to be more specific. I did a webinar or there's a video of something of investing in your twenties. Yeah. But let's let's do let's do a TV show. I think that's a let's do that. That'd be a good topic. All right. Instead of rehashing all the ones we did. Sure. Yeah. Check the check the vault there. Cause I know I did something. All right, you got it. <laughs> anyway. But in the meantime, the next question actually rolls very nicely from this one. Got it. Okay. But yeah, I think. Yeah, we could definitely put some content together there. But yeah, it's pay yourself first, first yep. and foremost, right? So here's kind of the rules of saving, in my opinion, is that you go to the 401k until the match, right? Okay. You look at your tax bracket. My personal favorite is always go Roth IRA to the match. Sure. If they don't have a Roth option, you go pre-tax to get the match because then, of course, you get free money. Yep. And then from there, if you want to save more, then I would open up a Roth IRA and fully fund the Roth. If I want to save more, then I go back to the 401k and I fully fund the 401k. If I want to save more, then I start opening up a brokerage account and I start funding that. And if I want to do more things after that, then I would look at converting and saying, okay, well, what tax bracket am I in? Am I fully funding the 401k? Is there ways that I can get money out of it? Do I have after-tax components in the overall plan? You know, then you can get a little bit more, I guess, creative. Yeah. Do you want to say 15%? Ideally, we want to say 15% of net, not gross. Right. I, I would say even 20%. 20% of gross is probably a decent number. And then you would want to look at increasing that number by 1% per quarter. Yeah, because there's no 26-year-old that's going to start saving 20%. They'll probably save three, if, right. if that. Right. So the next year's four or maybe it's six or next year's seven, eight, nine, whatever. Get work, work their way up to 20 percent. Right. Or, or just try to do it quarterly, too, because, you know, they don't really feel you can't. It, it's hard to feel one percent or half a percent. True. You know, and so you're just doing it quarter by quarter by quarter. So let's say you start with three percent and then at the end of the year, you know, you could be at five. 
Right. And then they, at the end of two years, you could be at 10. And so, you know, doing it gradually or slowly, I think is a great way to, to go. Or you could do even do it monthly. Yeah, you could. Or you could wait to get a raise and, you know, instead of banking all that money or spending all that money, then maybe you take a third of it, but the other two thirds invest in your 401k. Yep. You want to have at least, you know, six, eight months of net pay in cash reserves. Yep. Agreed. I think 25% of housing. What's your rule of thumb there? Well, it doesn't work in California. I'll tell you that because housing and rent's too expensive. So I don't know that there's an exact percentage, but probably 30. I'm probably comfortable with 30 or maybe even a little bit more. 30 of gross or 30 of net? 30 of, uh, well, that's a good question. Probably net. Yeah. I mean, it just depends where you live. Now, if you live in a, in a lower cost area, then 25% is probably doable. But people say that as a rule of thumb because that's what banks used to look at. And then cost of housing got so much more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy. Dude. You know, Al and I live in Southern California, San Diego, and it's, it's almost impossible to buy in here. Yeah. Especially, can you imagine if you're in your twenties trying to buy a home right now? No. It's, it'd be crazy. Right. I mean, in your thirties or forties trying it's to buy almost a home. impossible. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God, a decent home is a couple million bucks. Like, yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> All right. Hope that helps. We'll keep it going. We'll do some more stuff like this, whatever. You guys let us know, let Andy know what you want and we will get her done. We got Michael 24 from Birmingham, New York. Binghamton. Oh, Bing, Binghamton, Bingham, Binghamton. Uh, hey, Big L, Andy and Joe. Currently sitting in a Burger King drive-thru, debating on whether to get a Whopper Junior or a regular Whopper. It's too hard to choose. Okay. All right. We got the context now. Right? I love it. Yep. Uh, anyway, I just started listening to you guys in January of this year and love listening to Big Al throw the hammer down on Joe when it comes to those complicated Roth 401k questions. I'm 24 currently. Was wondering if you guys can help me with the retirement question. I only have about $140 in my Roth IRA, but I want to make sure I'm doing things in the right order. This is my only retirement saves, savings currently. I know I should prioritize my Roth IRA, but I also have a pension with my company, and I look forward to staying with them for a foreseeable future and hopefully one day get the pension when I retire in 30 years of service. My question is, should I open a brokerage account on top of the Roth and the pension, and is there such a thing as saving too much for retirement? I feel extremely behind and hope to get caught up by maxing out my Roth IRA by the end of the year and every year after that. The hope, the amount of the pension currently after 30 years is of service is around $3,700 a month. Also not sure if this pension is just a retirement plan since it's with the railroad company. Is there anything else I could be doing to make sure I'm caught up in terms of being on track to retire comfortably at 60. Thank you for your show. Love listening to it while I'm doing my private goat yoga sessions. Oh. <laughs> I drive a 2017 Ford Focus, have no pets. However, I'm definitely a cat person. I also love to drink some Mick Ultras while fubbling all of my shots on the course with my buddy Keith. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, this does kind of dovetail into our last question. 24 years old. Well, Michael, I'll tell you one thing right now. You're not way behind. You're probably in the top 1% that you're even thinking about retirement at age 24. So there's plenty of time to catch up. Yeah. So he's going to fully fund the Roth. Is there such a thing as saving too much for retirement? No. No. No, there's not. However, I would say this. You want to make sure you have an emergency fund 
right? Before you load up, you, you know, Roth IRAs are always a great idea when you're young because you're usually in lower tax brackets, but make sure you have three to six months of emergency funds, or as you just said, Joe, six to eight, doesn't matter, whatever you're comfortable with, but make sure you have something so that you, if you have a flat tire or something like that, you don't have to dip into your credit card. So a couple of other things too, when you fully fund a, a Roth IRA, if something happens, right? You can always have access to those dollars. We don't really encourage people to open up a Roth, take raid from it the next year. Right. But, but you could. <laughs> but your, you could. Your contributions, not not your income or earnings, but your contributions. So Michael puts in $6,000 this year, puts in 6000 the following year. Something happens. He needs ten grand. Well, he has 12000 of free cash flow from that because those are all after-tax contributions or FIFO tax treatment. So, sure. yeah, you can never save too much for retirement. We've, I, I, there's never in my 20 some odd year history, you know, you sit down with a couple and they got millions and they're like, damn it. I spent, I saved way too much. Way, way too much. <laughs> now what all that means is then you're more flexible, right? You can retire earlier if you want to, you can live a better retirement lifestyle than you were planning or thinking. You can give more to charity. You can have more for kids college or grandkids college. Whatever it may be, no, that that's a good thing. Or, or do the planning, you know, figure out exactly how much money that you should be saving to give the lifestyle that you need, right? So if if you want to have a better balance and say, I don't want to save too much, I don't want to have a lot of wealth later in life. I just want to spend exactly one and just be just fine, you know. And live in cruise control, you can do that, but just you, you got to run some numbers. You got to do some analysis. You got to say, I'm going to retire at 60 at $3,700 a month. I'm spending X amount of dollars today. I want to maintain that lifestyle for the rest of my life. I don't want to increase it or decrease it. And then you can do some math and say, you know what? You need to save $6,000 a year. And if you save $6,000 a year, you're right on track at age 24, or you might have to save a little bit more or a little bit less. But here's what you do. Look at what you're spending today. Inflate that by 3.5%. So go online, get a calculator. Whatever you're spending today, inflate that over, what, he's 24? Yep. <laughs> so what is that, 36 years? Yep. So you're spending $30,000 a year today. Inflate that over 36 years at 3.5% inflation. You're going to find a number. You already know that you're going to get $3,700 a month in pension. So you take what that inflated number is minus your pension. You're going to come up with a shortfall, whatever that shortfall is, or it could be positive. If it's positive that your pension's going to cover everything, then don't save a dime. You know, buy, buy the Whopper and the Whopper Jr. And, and load up on some onion rings. Let's not get crazy. Right? And go buy your own goat and do whatever you want with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So... Yeah. But yeah, you can do some planning so you can figure out exactly what you need to do. And at 24, you can get super dialed in here, okay. right? I think that's too hard for a 24-year-old. I think I think this, have an emergency fund, try to save as much as you can in a Roth IRA, work yourself up to saving 20% of your income. You don't even have to have a plan. It's going to work out just fine. No matter which stage you are in in life, decisions that you make will affect your financial security today and for years to come. Visit the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to watch YMYW-TV and learn to crack the code to succeeding financially at any age. I'm pretty sure this is the something that Joe was talking about earlier. In this episode, Joe and Big L walk you through financial strategies and actions to take in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s that'll help you overcome any previous missteps and set you up for a more successful retirement. Watch it and download the free companion guide in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. 
Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to get there. And check out YMYW podcast episode number 391 on spitballing retirement planning in your 20s and 30s too. Then spread the knowledge and share YMYW with your friends, family, and colleagues. I don't write so good, so this should be easy for you, Joe. So I get a right? jackass right out the gates here. Right, right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. And right is W, uh, not R. Uh, I don't write R-I-G-H-T. He doesn't take no. rights. No, no, right. 32 years old in a gauge, but currently finding single. I'm maxing out my newly opened simple IRA with a dollar for dollar match up to 3% of my salary. And I'm struggling to understand why I should also fund my traditional IRA. Okay. I'm over the income limits for the tax deduction on the IRA contributions, and I'm thinking the flexibility of putting an extra $6,000 into my brokerage would be a better solution. I guess I can't do conversions down the road if that extra money is in a brokerage rather than an IRA, but is funding the brokerage rather than an IRA. Stupid. Right? He's got a salary of hundred grand, bonus of fifty, k one of 50 Brokerage account is 150, traditional IRA 30 grand, Roth IRA 100, simple IRA of 20,000, checking savings 30 grand. I'm also thinking of converting most, if not all, my simple IRA contributions into the Roth at the end of each year and just biting the bullet on the taxes. At my age, I feel that 35 plus year tax free growth is worth the taxes now. What do you think? 2021 Chevy. Colorado. Okay. My dog name is Baxter, and I enjoy long walks on the beach. <laughs> okay. Have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells like rich mahogany. Thanks, <laughs> as my sports reporter would say, whammy! Whammy. This was from Ron Burgundy. All right. You can picture it now, right? Yeah. <laughs> got him. <laughs> you got the set, even. I do. So a couple things that I have... A question is, why is Ron, why did he open up a simple plan? Unless he, it sounds like he is the employer as well. So does he have employees? What is he doing? He also talked about a match. Yeah, that he's matching matching himself, himself, maybe. Right. And then he's got K1 income of 50 to 75. Right. And you cannot convert a simple. It has to stay open for a period of time. True. So I forget the time period. Two Two years? years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, or else you get a penalty. So if he's trying to invest in a simple IRA and then convert it at the end of each year, bite the bullet. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. So here's what I would do, Ron. If you're a sole proprietor, I would set up a solo 401k. You can set up a solo 401k and you can do a Roth option in the solo 401k. Right. So you could put. How old is he? Well, he's 32. So he could put 22,500 in a, in a solo K. Right? 22,000. And then you could also put probably another, I don't know. Depending upon the profits, maybe that's 75 to 50,000. So 20% of that. Yeah. 10 grand. Ten, yeah. Call it another 10 if you want to. Right. And that could be pre-tax. Yep. So you could put 32, $35,000, you know, away into the plan. And most of it could be Roth. Yeah. So if you're doing simple and then a traditional IRA, I agree with you. I don't think that makes any sense at all. I think you're doing a good job of building up your brokerage account. So I would continue to do that. Um, but you're right. I think tax-free growth over 20, 30 years is going to far outbeat anything that's tax deferred. 
Yeah, I agree. Especially when you're 32, chances are your income's going to go up. You you may never be in these low brackets again, right? During your working years. So yeah, it, as when you're young, unless there's unusual circumstances, definitely take advantage of the Roth because all that tax-free growth for decades is amazing. Yeah. So look into that. If, if you're doing the simple, just because it's a simple plan and you have employees, then I get it, right? But just remember, you can't convert a simple plan. However, with the SECURE Act, now that the simple plan can do a Roth. So if you're going to do it and convert it, don't do that. Just set up a Roth simple IRA. Um, Because you won't be able to convert the simple into the Roth anyway. Yeah. I don't, does that, is that in 2023? 24, maybe? 24. Yeah, Yeah, look that up. But anyway, you can also, it's your income level. Let's see. Oh, you can't do a Roth contribution, can you? And you can't do a backdoor Roth because the simple can't. Because the simple is going to kill the pro it. Got it. So you might have to wait a year for that if, in fact, you have employees. If you do have employees, I get why you did a simple because then it's, you don't have, you know, you don't have to do as much match and all that stuff. And it's way easier to administer. But um, yeah, if you have employees and you can't do other things that we just mentioned, I would, I would not fund an IRA. I would fund your brokerage account. In, you invest in tax efficient vehicles, you're going to still get close to tax deferment. Yeah. And, and the, you're going to get capital gains treatment on any other gain. Yeah. The other thing, too, is make sure you have an appropriate emergency fund, right? So make sure you have that first before you start trying to invest extra money. All right. Thanks, Ron. Allison from North Virginia writes in Hey, guys. This is Allison from Northern Virginia. Yeah, as opposed to Central or Southern, like it. Who wrote in previously? Joe was right. My 2015 Mazda 3 is red. Oh, we guessed that, didn't we? No. Apparently, you guessed it. Yeah. I would see. I visualize. <laughs> I know you do. So I'm just that's, to, that's what makes you so good. Just you can see people of, in their red Mazda. Red Mazda 3. All right. All right. I, I'm still listening on my long commutes. Circumstances have changed since my last question. I've inherited around four hundred fifty thousand dollars, hundred seventy-five grand in brokerage account, seven hundred thousand, or seventy thousand in a traditional IRA, and the rest is cash. Most of the cash will likely be saved as an additional down payment for a new condo that will suit my needs as I age. I promised my family member for whom I inherited the money that I would make a ten percent charitable donation to a specific charity. Okay. Assets were POD in the beneficiaries to skip estate, so very little money in the estate to give to the charity. So I'll be making a $45,000 charitable contribution this year. I have about $30,000 in a traditional rollover IRA. I currently have around $50,000 in my my Roth. My TSP is around five hundred grand, with two-thirds traditional, one-third Roth. Should I, I do a Roth conversion of the entire rollover account this year, and use that large charitable contribution to offset the taxes. My itemized deductions are usually $14,000. My AGI will likely be around $125,000. I max out all my retirement accounts. I'm single, no dependents. Thoughts? Okay. Allison got some cash. Yeah, she did. She got uh, 175k in a brokerage account, 70,000 in an IRA and the rest in cash. So that's that's pretty good. She also has 30 grand in the th- traditional, traditional rollover IRA. Yeah, and she's going to give away $45,000 and here's the rule. Here's the rule is is you look at your adjusted gross income 
And if you give away cash, you're allowed to deduct up to 60% of your income. So let's just say 125,000, because that's what you put here, right? So 60% of that is probably what, 75 grand-ish, something like that. So your charitable contribution in cash could be you know, that that figure about 75,000. Now, if you gave away appreciated stock, which if you had other stock that was appreciated, that would be even smarter. But there you could only give away 30%, right? So 30% is going to be, I don't know, 35, 40,000, which still it's close, right? Maybe you could give away some of, if, if you have other appreciated stock. The reason why you'd rather give appreciated stock is because you still get the charitable donation and you don't have to pay tax on the gain on sale. So that's a, but if you don't have that, yeah, you can give away the cash and it will be fully deductible based upon what you just told us. So she's going to convert 30 grand. So she's asking, all right, well, since I have a $45,000 charitable contribution this year, if I convert 30,000, is that going to offset? And the answer is yes. So she will not pay tax on the $30,000 conversion because she has made a very large charitable contribution. Right. So, and in fact, since the charitable contribution is higher than that Roth conversion, she'll have an extra $15,000 to go against her other income. Um, now, the $70,000 that she inherited from the traditional IRA, she cannot convert that. And that will have to be distributed out within 10 years. Correct. So that could add income depending on the deceased, on how old the deceased was when True. the deceased passed. Right. But yeah, I like that strategy, Allison. Yeah, I do too. And so that's a good point on the traditional. So, you know, you might think about 7000 a year-ish that you're going to have an extra income. If you want to make the charitable contribution all this year, if that's kind of what the family's expecting, great. If you can spread it out a little bit, maybe save some for next year to go against the, you know, 7000 ish that you have to distribute from the inherited IRA, that could be cool too. Cool. All right. Having Joe and Big Al spitball for you on YMYW is a great first look at your financial decisions, but it shouldn't be your only look before you leap. Schedule an in-depth review of your entire financial situation with an experienced financial professional on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. You can meet in person at one of Pure's seven offices in Southern California, Seattle, Denver, or Chicago, or you can do it via Zoom right from your couch wherever you may happen to be. Find out exactly how much, if any, you should be converting to Roth, how you may be able to pay less tax, and whether you can collect more Social Security benefits. Make sure your investments align with your risk tolerance and your retirement needs and goals. Don't worry about paying commissions because Pure is a fee-only fiduciary. They don't sell investment products, so there are no commissions. And the law requires them to act in the client's best interest instead of their own. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the show notes, then click the Get an Assessment button and schedule your free financial assessment now. Hello, Andy, Joe, and Big Al. Hope all is well. This is Nick from Ohio. Need some clarity on fees, please. All right. My advisor charges 1%. I have 600 grand in a Roth IRA that I contribute $6,000 to every year. Then my advisor removes 6000 throughout the year for his fee. Question, is this the most advantageous of effective way to pay for advisor's fees? It seems to me that I would like to write a check to him while keeping the Roth dollars and or shares alone working in my account to continue the time value of the Roth investments rather than removing them for fees. It just seems like we are exchanging one for the other. Do advisors only pull the cash in the <laughs> cash in the account? This could be a reason 
that he keeps a portion of my Roth dollars in cash for his fees. Can I even write a check? Or is this just the way the industry is to make sure they get their fees? Peace. Great question, Nick. Yeah, you can write a check for sure, if that's what you would like to do. However, the most advantageous, how the rules kind of work here is that you could pull everything, let's say, from a brokerage account, or you could cut him a check. Sure. So let's say you had a brokerage account, and then you're like, okay, just pulls the fees from all of my investments out of this brokerage account. That You could do that. Or you could do it pro rata, which it sounds like what he's doing. So you got money in a Roth that he's pulling fees from. You got money, you know, maybe in an IRA that they're pulling fees from or in the sure. So, but yeah, if you want to cut a check, I think that makes the most sense because hey, you're right. You're putting six grand in, and if six thousand is the fee, yeah, you want to make you maximize that as, as much as you absolutely can. So yeah. if, if that's what your choice is, I would tell him, hey, I just want to cut you a check for the fee. Or can you pull it from my brokerage account? Yeah, exactly. And I would say it this way. When it's a Roth IRA, you want to pay the fees outside of the retirement account. If it's a regular IRA, I would actually pay the fees inside, inside the account. Because you don't have to pay tax on the fee. That, that's right. And and basically, you're reducing that account, which is not tax favored compared to your brokerage account. So I would look at it that way. Most but he can't pay the fee for the Roth and, and put everything into the brokerage account. I mean, into the IRA. I agree with that. Yeah, you, you can't split that. Just say, hey, let's say you had a million dollars in the IRA and six hundred thousand dollars. So let's say sixteen grand is your fee, and you're like, yeah. all right, pull sixteen grand from my retirement account, all pre-tax. Yeah, because you're not paying sixteen grand; you're paying something a lot less than that because you don't have to pay tax on the distribution. Yeah. I agree with that. So you can't do it that way. You could take everything from the brokerage account, or you could do do it pro rata. Yeah, exactly. And and I guess. Maybe that if you think about advisors, a lot of advisors don't want to track you down for that $6,000 check. So that could be an issue. So if you had a brokerage account, they could pull it from that. They might be happier, but there's nothing wrong with writing a check as long as you pay it currently, right? All right, Nick. Thanks for the recap. Great question. Hello, Joe and team. I have a question about my employer 401k plan with Fidelity around strategy for pre and post-tax contributions. My plan allows, excuse me, for 401k, Roth 401k, and after-tax contributions, which get employer matches of pre-tax amounts. Okay. Question is, what is the optimal approach on which of these to fund and in what sequence? I've been maxing out my 401k, but I also want to start the Roth 401k. In prior years, when my 401k was maxed, I would contribute with after-tax contributions to get additional employer matching. But I feel I can do more with some thought behind it. Thanks for all you do. Dave. Well, we could use a little more little information. More information. <laughs> like how old are you and what do you have saved already? What's your tax bracket? What's your spending? We could really help you out. <laughs> so, but here's how we might think about it, which is this. As you know, Joe and I are big believers in having some money in a Roth 401k. If your tax bracket is low enough, it's a no-brainer. It all goes into the Roth 401k, the 22500 plus another 7500 if you're 50 and older. We're not sure, Dave, how old you are. But uh, goes into the Roth and a story, and then you can, if you still have extra, do do after tax money that then can be converted put in, converted into a Roth. Yeah, no brainer. If you're in a high tax bracket, it might give you a little pause. Now, now it's like the tax deduction versus the tax free growth, and we need a little more information on that. Yeah, because it's all going to boil down to what's the end game. 
Right. You know, it's like, when do you want to retire? How much money do you want to live off of? What, what's your other fixed income sources? Yeah. Are you going to work in retirement part-time? When do you want to spend a lot more money in retirement and travel? Or do you want yeah. to spend less and just kind of be a couch drunk? You right. Know? Right. And where, yeah, exactly. Where does your income come in retirement? So what does that tax bracket look like versus now? Now, if you're, let's say you're 66, right? And you're in a very high tax bracket and next year you're going to be in a lower bracket, then go for the deduction and do some Roth conversions when you retire up to age now 73 for required minimum distribution. So the answer is it depends, but definitely take a look at 401k and Roth 401k. Both of those are can be appropriate in different circumstances. You can only do 22,500 for the combination of those two. So it's not like you could do 22,500 of regular 401k and 22 of Roth 401k, it's 22.5 total. You figure out how you want to mix and match that. And then after you hit that, then you can do after-tax contributions, which can be converted to a Roth IRA. Okay. Thanks for the question, Dave. Bing Hampton, fast food restaurants, goat yoga, the Chevy Colorado, and memories of Irish setters and potato vines in the derails at the end of the episode. So stick around. Help new listeners find YMYW by telling your friends about the podcast and by leaving your honest ratings and reviews for Your Money, Your Wealth in any and all podcast apps that accept them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Where is this place? (laughs) Big Hampton. Big Hampton. (laughs) How do you pronounce that? I'm guessing it's Binghamton. Binghamton. It could be Binghampton. It could be get Binghampton. I think Andy's right there. It's like, it's the Hamptons, but it's, it's on it's, the other side it's of it. The, it's big, the, the big side. It's the big side. <laughs> it's on the other side. Yeah, I live in the Hamptons. Uh, Binghamptons. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I can see that. Oh, uh, anyway, God, when's the last time you had a Whopper, Whopper Junior? A decade at least. <laughs> I was going to say, for Al, that'd be a long time. Man, I don't know when's the last time I've been to Burger King. Yeah. Or a drive through for that matter. Remember, yeah. like, fast food restaurants would have, like, playgrounds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then people would actually go in and sit down. And have like a family dinner. Yeah, we we did it with our kids many years ago. Really, you would you bring them to McDonald's? And you would sit inside. Yeah, because that you sit there so they can play in the play structure. Oh, got it. With the balls, love the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not good for personal hygiene <laughs> or whatever, but they love the balls. <laughs> you know, I happened to see this, and I've never heard of that. I. Googled it. it it's you a, Googled private goat. I, what the hell? It, it, it's a thing. No, I I, I, I Googled. Why are you Why are you Googling private goat? Because yoga. Because I like yoga, and I thought this is what What's he referring to? It's actually you do yoga with goats climbing all over you. <laughs> You're gonna have to try it. It sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look at the pictures. Sounds sick. 
they're doing the they're doing a tabletop and they're doing a down dog with a goat on top of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big car. Chevy Colorado or Silverado? Yeah. Is there such a thing as a Chevy Colorado? Looking it up. Hold on. Yes, it's a pickup truck. I think so. <laughs> oh, it's not even a car. I was on. Uh, it's a pickup. Bourbon on ice or Coos Latte. My dog, let me see a Chevy Colorado. It's a, it's a big truck. Chevy it's, Colorado. It's a, it's a four-door truck. A little mid-size, so four-door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Picture below is Keegan and Flynn, our Irish settlers, in front of a sweet green potato vine. Yeah, cute dogs. So this was the person that Al was thinking that they had a St. Patrick's Day hat on the dog's head. It was actually a sweet green potato vine. Oh. <laughs> okay. Got it. Zero recollection of that. Me neither. But that, was... <laughs> that was two episodes ago, but that's but okay. That's why. Yep. <laughs> Current memory, short-term memory, gone.